0: Welcome back to The Thing About Buyer Personas and Your Customer Avatar, where we unpack the practicalities of building customer avatars. Welcome back, Sarah.
1: Thank you, Sam, for having me again.
0: So having talked about some of the challenges, let's talk about the upside. Um, Coming back to Jamie Harrison and his brother, In your experience, what foundational benefits are there in applying uh, customer avatars?
1: Yeah, so I guess coming back a little bit to what we were speaking about in the previous episode, having alignment of those personas is key in order to have – an aligned strategy moving forward, a marketing strategy so that you're talking to the right people every time. Something that we see so often in business, I find is a lack of clear and consistent communication. I think we've all experienced this and it can be quite uh, difficult to deal with at times because you want everyone to be on the same page and you want things to work efficiently. And I feel a huge part of efficiency is having that alignment and, with the personas what they're going to give to you is that alignment of communication because not only are we talking to the same person externally but we're building for and having conversations around the same people internally so it's going to make a lot more sense when having conversations with people on your team or whoever external contractors or whatever it is to um to align on what it is you're trying to do and what the North star is or who you're building for. So, so many efficiencies come as a result of building uh, your personas and making sure that everyone is on the same page around those.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. the technical term for it is a heuristic and a heuristic is something that enables you to ladder up and down with a common reference point it's a common term that's used in engineering and engineering science um, or different engineering disciplines so essentially uh, your uh, personas and in fact, the customer avatar represents a heuristic that enables different parts of the business to get on the same page more efficiently. Um, so that's kind of a technical way of, of summing it all up. Talk to us a little bit about the process uh, that you went through in, in terms of our recent project where you, you built uh, customer avatars and, and buyer personas. You know, you did some interviews, research and recordings.
1: Yeah, so it started off with a lot of initial research, a lot of initial conversations. A big part of those conversations is being able to ask the right questions. And I think you can only ask the right questions when you have a good idea of what the end result is that you're wanting. Um, And so I don't think necessarily at the start there's any such thing as as too many conversations All the perspective you can get is valuable around it. As long as you're asking the right questions and driving that conversation and a productive way that's going to give you relevant answers to what it is you're looking for. I did also run a voice of the customer exercise like months before doing this, which I felt helped and contributed to this overall exercise. And the voice of the customer exercise was essentially to go through different parts within a business uh, and what those customers are going through at each point, you know, what their pains might be, etc. kind of just understanding that. Ideally, you would want to talk to, I think, the customer as well, the ones you already have, and get an idea of their story if you don't have access to that information elsewhere. But really getting an understanding of of, of the stories and the backgrounds and the motivations of those customers so that you can pick up the themes. So, those initial interviews and that research stage was part one. And, you know, that can take a little bit of time. So, you know, don't feel like you'd be able to get it all done in one way in one day. Cause often you're collating a lot of information, but you're also trying to digest and work through a lot of that information yourself and register what it all means and put it into a uh, format that makes sense. So definitely started with that. And then once you had the data, it was about reviewing that and putting it into, you know, I used a platform called Miro, which I'm sure everyone's heard of and putting those that information within different sections that made sense based on an initial theory we already had about who the personas might be and kind of matching that up Uh, and then once we kind of reviewed the the data we actually checked that off again with those that we interviewed which I think was a really important step and something that a lot of people should consider when working through a process like this is continuing to check in with those who you are talking to and that are a part of a part of the process, whether that's staff or, you know, if it's possible customers, and just like double checking the kind of track you're on. Just because not only does this then highlight any inaccurate inaccuracies within the process, but it also helps to bring the people in your team along that journey as well, which I think is one of the most important things when implementing something new like this, because it is going to be change in some ways uh, from what the known has been or the norm has been previously. And you know, not everyone loves change. So it's important to bring people along on that journey. And that was a part of what we did as well. And then once we kind of reviewed all that, we'd settled what the personas were and and who they were and what they um, looked like from a, Words point of view, we then worked on uh, looking into what the avatars were going to be. So the avatars are then the representations of those personas. So who are these people, and how can we bring them to life with personalities, with stories, with faces, uh, and really create a rich and diverse representation of the type of customer we had.
0: So, so backtracking slightly, um, talk to us the difference about. Pattern recognition versus data collection. Here, like in the process, it, it strikes me that it's actually more about pattern recognition than hard data.
1: Yeah. So collecting the the data was a, a very you know it took a lot of time. It was about collecting all the information that we could, and more of a quantity type of situation at that point was like, what information can we get? And of course, you know, we're trying our hardest to ask the right questions, but at the same time, it is a continuous learning process. So you don't always know if you're asking the right questions. And sometimes you want to change those questions as you move through or double check things uh, to curate that more towards what uh, you are leaning to. So that's when you start to bring in that pattern recognition because you're developing an understanding of, what the general story might be, for example. So if we're taking someone's background story, you might start to hear the same thing within different interviews and you're sort of recognizing, okay, like this common theme is coming up in this person's background or the values they had or the things they cared about. And then you start to to notice that one thing. And so you might guide a question more towards that one thing. And then suddenly you then notice another pattern and, and things become a lot more clearer as you work through it. And so the value of that pattern recognition is that you're really ordering the data to make sense in line with the goal you have.
0: Yeah, so I guess my experience of it is really understanding the origin stories, uh, actually one of the most powerful tools uh, here. And, And it's only through that pattern recognition process and listening to those backstories and effectively origin stories that uh, tend to, uh, as you said, uh, surface the motivations of a particular uh, persona. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the origin story, at least within this project, was the number one um, finding. It was the number one source of truth in a way when it came to recognizing what made up the persona um, and what connected them all to be honest it was it was the thing that connected them all and it makes sense because a lot of how someone thinks and what they care about and what they value is built by their world perspective and uh or their worldview and their perspective on and what has happened as a result of just living and when they come to make Decisions, purchase decisions, uh, a lot of that is influenced by what they've been through and what their worldview is and what their perspective is and how you pick up on the themes within the origin story that determine those decisions is like a massively vital part of understanding that person.
0: Yeah. And I guess the, the next dimension to it, at least to me, was, you know, where they were on their particular journey as well. So it's not just where they came from, it's actually where they're at in the in the sort of narrative arc of being in business. Talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think this is a common misconception and something that happens in business a lot is is like people uh trying to find the people that match what they're trying to provide now but like you've said it's about meeting people where they're at and a lot of that within this project was thinking okay we know that at this stage of business or at this stage of life this type of person or this customer we've had previously was thinking this and so what makes sense from a content perspective, from a sales perspective or a marketing perspective um, to connect with that type of person. And that meant that we really were having to meet people where they were at and, oh, sorry, that meant we were really having to meet people where they're at and working out what made sense uh, within those different parts of the business in order to talk to them. And also from a persona perspective, like how, those different personas then grew into what either we were wanting as our ideal customer or what uh, we've seen in the past is, is working. So it's not ne- the personas you come up with or the customer personas are not necessarily, you know, who they end up as when they've been a customer of yours for three years potentially.
0: Yeah. That's a good segue into the risks of looking at historical data and uh, thinking that you can somehow fit people into a box based on some empirical measure. Um, Talk a little bit about how maybe data can mislead you in this process.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I think it's important to not make any assumptions when working through a process like this or not make any misguided assumptions based on information that was true in the past um, which I think can happen when you know people tend to be uh, hold on to what worked or what made sense in the past but things also change over time and so because I had, say, I did that voice of the customer exercise six months prior to doing this persona exercise. That doesn't mean that any of that information was actually going to be relevant now because the business changed, it transformed, it it, moved. But it was about seeing what themes uh, connected with what was happening in the now. And so there is a risk, I think, of leading yourself down a misguided path if you don't have that... I don't know what the word would be. Like, I don't know why I keep thinking humility, but I don't think that's it. But it's not having that sense of, you know what is right in this situation based on data that was collected here, there, or whenever. Um, It's about talking now and working out the themes from today.
0: Well, (laughs) technically it's hubris. So, you know, being, you know, Overtly proud of what you've done, you know the pride before the fall, and hubris is is one of the the traps that there are in business. Uh, so, I, I guess you you make a really good point that there is where you've come from has validity, and you have to treat that with respect. But at the same time, remain open to the possibility of what's coming ahead as well and if you dwell too much on uh, the success that you had in the past not realizing that the market is constantly evolving and your audience is also constantly evolving it becomes really important to see the difference between what holds true in terms of product market fit uh, but the opportunity in the marketplace has shifted so you need to to match product market fit historically to new opportunity in the in the future and perhaps a different vision or direction that you want to take the business in.
1: Yeah, for sure and I think that's why I was saying before you know there's no such thing as too little conversations. It's always important to keep those continuous conversations. If, if it's possible within your business structure with the customers, with the staff, with the team, whoever's involved, especially those who are customer-facing uh, on the ground, so to, so to speak, so that you can really get that example of what issues or challenges they have as a result of X, and that means that this sort of person is developed in this way or, or whatever
0: So kind of uh, summarizing the process, uh, it is kind of a a little bit of alchemy in a sense that what you're trying to do is distill down to its essence what those personas are. And then the opposite is true when when you've figured out what that essence is or those personas are, bringing those to life in a way that the organization uh, doesn't see as being uh, you know, just an example of one old customer that you have uh, there's there's kind of like a reanimation process which is about building the avatar. Uh, talk a little bit about how it's important to go through that distillation and then reanimation uh, process and and how you know, even the, the example of um, you know creating animated characters was quite important to enable people to to really get to grips with what those uh, personas and ultimately the avatars were
1: yeah uh, something I talk about a lot on my podcast or when I'm talking to people within my industry about what I think is important when trying to get information across to someone is to actually make it accessible and to make it accessible, it needs to be easy to understand and relatable. Uh, And so the avatars are the opportunity to do that. And so the avatars give, give someone an example of what or who you're trying to talk to. I mean, the personas in essence are a really good indication of who that person is and what they're all about. But it's not real. It's not like anyone who you've dealt with before. It's not a person who you recognize or or a theme that you recognize or a story that you you recognize. More importantly, coming back to those origin stories. But what an avatar provides to you is that relatable story and and that accessible version of who it is you're trying to talk to. Um, So a really important part of these avatars as well is making sure that they are new and improved examples of the type of customer you want um, and of the persona. So something that can get thrown around is in order to represent a persona, we can pick customers, you know, we already have that are real because that's instantly going to be relatable. People are instantly going to be able to understand. The issue with doing that is people already have a perception of who that person is from their own experience with that person or with that thing. And so it's easy for someone to then make up, I suppose, their own uh, perception of what that persona is to them based on their experience rather than everyone having this aligned uh, understanding of, of who someone is because they were, you didn't know who they were yesterday or they're completely new to you. Um, And so that's the benefit of us being able to create a new character, a new person that was a collection of the different types of customers we had. So there were still these relatable examples of people everyone knew and loved, but they weren't exactly that person. So it was kind of drawing people in and getting them to buy in with having that understanding of who they were, but not having negative, positive or neutral connotations towards this person in any way because it was a whole new a whole new person so they're able to develop that perspective based on what we as a team I guess through this activity uh, pushed through the socialization of it rather than us saying oh yeah this is the persona based off x customer that you all know and everyone is like oh yeah this person is like this or th- that person is like this but actually that might then uh, hinder like what we're trying to do.
0: Yeah, I I guess at the end of the day, you need to create something that's relatable and and easy for people to grasp. But it's also about um, helping people access the collective knowledge uh, that there is around uh, your customer. And uh, a customer is a a concept that is uh, a collective understanding of an organization. And so hence the idea of how many different um, personas in, in the example that we're talking about did we come up with and how many avatars were there in the end?
1: Yeah, so we had three personas and then we had three avatars for each persona. So we had nine avatars in total.
0: And, and why was it that we ended up with three different, one, three different avatars compared to the single persona?
1: We wanted to have multiple different relatable representations of one persona because just because someone fits a persona category doesn't necessarily mean that they all have the same origin story, the same values, they care about the same things. Um, they all are connected by what the persona represents, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they are then that everyone is a carbon copy of the next one, right? So we were trying to essentially um, widen the perspective to those who would be buying into the personas of what they could look like, what they could do, what they could be like, who they could be. Um, So it wasn't based off a certain type of person, like a certain look or a certain voice that the person was trying to, match with that persona it was more about the connecting things of those different avatars which was the persona that then people could relate to relate to and notice within the different areas of the business
0: and i guess it's also a reflection of the diversity of different people um that there are out there like one of the dimensions to this is that uh you know a persona might be representative of a group of of people with um, multiple dimensions in terms of character, but in terms of the diversity of different ethnicities, you know, gender, um, backgrounds, you know, origin stories, there are many different shades, if you like, that you needed to to bring to life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's so important to have uh, the di- a diverse representation of who could possibly fit within that category um, yeah, especially when as a business, you're wanting to make sure that you cater to what is possible within, within that persona range that you're looking at.
0: Okay. And and so finally, what advice would you offer up to someone like yourself trying to progress the use of personas and customer avatars in their organization? I guess it's kind of classic B2B marketing, um, uh, or mark B2B marketing 101 that uh, we talk about how important it is to discover your your persona and make sure that your marketing communications material married to that persona. But I guess what I've found um, over time is that most organizations only play lip service to... Uh, the idea of a persona and so while it's an exercise that gets completed it's and 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 it might be something you are advocating for as a more junior member of a marketing team Uh, it's it's not embraced in a way that actually becomes meaningful so coming back to that original question there um What do you see as being important or or what advice would you give uh, to someone about building your personas and your avatars?
1: Yeah, no, you're for sure right. I think the first thing I would do before anything else if I was to do this exercise again would be to collect all the main influences or the decision makers within the business or within the team that you're working with and sit down and have a conversation about the value and the benefit of this activity and make sure that, leaving that everyone has a solid understanding of why we're doing this and is buying into the activity as a whole, because I personally don't think there's any point in starting it unless those that are going to have to like push the importance of it, believe in it. Um, so that's probably the first thing I would start with again. It's just so that, you do have that alignment. It's a theme that we spoke about throughout this episode and the previous one, and I think it's probably the most important thing to have is alignment internally about why we're doing this and the importance of it, as well as the alignment of the personas themselves and the communication. So if everyone has buy-in, the communication is going to be smoother and the processes are going to be a lot more efficient. Um, I guess another thing I would say is, you know, don't rule out any conversations with anyone. Treat every uh, perspective as valuable and make sure you're using that to indicate what questions you ask to the next person and go into every interaction trying to take something out of it or trying to learn something uh, relevant. But I think ultimately, you know, the main thing is that you think about exactly what the vision is here and why you're doing this activity and that should give you some kind of North star in terms of, okay, so who are we trying to talk to here uh, and what's the buy-in we really need? And then the alignment pieces is a real key part of that. Um, aside from that, it's just about taking all the parts of the process we spoke about earlier and making them work and starting the process. Uh, once you have that, it should be a very effective um, activity in order to build on the strategy of the business overall and in every area.
0: And don't forget you need a sponsor. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks so much, Sarah, for, for joining me in these uh, episodes. Um, I hope you have a great day and, and thanks for your insight and wisdom.
1: Oh, no, thank you, Sam, for having me on. What a privilege. I appreciate being here.
0: Ciao for now. (laughs)
1: Yeah.